Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. The Greenlight Podcast will see clearly now with Oakley jumping into the podcast game. Head to oakley.com. For the greatest shades in the game. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy, take me away. Thanks for joining today. We've got, we've got Atlanta Falcon defensive lineman Grady Jarrett. He's jumping on from Flowery Branch in Atlanta. Then give us the lowdown on the 2023 Eagles, piggyback on some of the things we talked to Arthur Smith about last week. He will talk the Falcons versus Patriots Super Bowl that he played in, kind of his arrival game with three sacks. He'll get into roughing the passer play against Brady last year and everything he's been through on his NFL journey. But to kick off the show, we've got Macon in studio, and so we'll kick it off with Macon's response to Raw Room. Make you got a hello today? Jackson, Tennessee. Hello! Why Jackson? A proper Tennessee city. A few miles east of Memphis. Hmm, shots fired. I ain't scared of none of you hoes. I ain't never shed a tear. In your hood, bumping, riding with a 12 case of Miller Lite beer. <laughs> That's a 3-6. That's shout out to my uh, friends at the Raw Room. Now, I know you've had a chance to respond. So lay up line, weak-ass bitch. I ain't scared of none of you hoes. I ain't never shed a tear. In your hood, bumping, riding with a 12 kiss a bitch. Weak-ass bitch. And, you know, I don't know if I pulled those exact words from weak-ass bitch, which has been read before on the podcast, but that is, <clears throat> that is for sure 3-6. Ain't no doubt about it. Now, may I? The question that was posited, who would win a cage match? is the 
lowest form of content creation. <laughs> Talking about who would win a hypothetical fight causes my eyes to roll to the back of my head on account of overwhelming and unyielding boredom. Mm. Okay? You understand? And yet, 10 days later, here we are talking about it. So kudos to our friends in Memphis, if indeed that is where they are They said they were going to put a bag of chips on your laptop. Yeah. So as it pertains to the green light of it all, like uh, Kendall Roy, I am the second eldest boy. Okay? I'd be the second person entering that cage. I am the co-pilot. So we can have all this talk of Kyle and Nate and Bo, and they played football, and that's great. But I'm the second person entering that cage. Now, I pause here to discuss the specific comments made about me. Uh, famously, the Levitard program uh, posted a picture of me, of my face, of this picture that everyone likes to make fun of, and I don't understand it. You can you can pull it up. You Google my name, it comes up. Is it because my cheeks are flush that everybody makes fun of it? Is it just because I'm wearing a coat and a tie? I think light it's because you look like down? the final boss of the whites. <laughs> I do look white in it, that's for sure. Yeah. And the and the the haircut's my haircut, the face is my face. There's not much I can do about it. Yeah. And I cross my legs when I sit. All all this toxic masculinity out there these <laughs> these these men are so are so threatened by a man who can cross his legs yeah i'm gonna make a bit of a self-call and i'm gonna credit darren bates with having an amazing gift the only other person who has id'd this in their lives is my wife now they went by i listened to the program after i saw these shots being fired i wanted to hear what the other commentary was they were trying to uh uh pull back and grab a movie um a character that perhaps looked like me they're talking about uh the santa claus with tim allen nah eventually they got to it and it's elf and i'm going to show you a picture chris which i don't really get embarrassed by many things but i've always held this back because i I, I don't I don't know. It's almost a little I, I can't handle the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. This looks more like me than I look like me. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Will Farrell as elf, mm-hmm. but there's a uh what's it called when you throw it mm-hmm. back? There's a flashback to when elf is little. A boy. All right, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Does that look like anybody you know? Yeah, it looks like a boy version of you. Can we check in and see where the actor is now? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, that's that looks a lot like you. And if indeed that's what Darren was referring to, yeah. They couldn't really spit it out dancing around Tim Allen. Oh, like Tim Allen. Well, they're high on drugs there. <laughs> he has amazing he Darren Bates might be the most amazing uh facial guy, you know, around. <laughs> I knew what I was saying. Okay. So I don't care for the content. I don't care for the slander. Darren doesn't like that I wear a hat. And then I cross my legs. Who's next? You know, if crossing the legs is a crime. <sighs> I don't care. I don't care about the fight stuff. You know, Cowboy and I are lovers, not haters. Love is love. 
Mm-hmm. That's my response Good. to Raw Room. Good statement. Thanks. Hey, I got a St. Louis. It was really well put. Thank you. I think on all counts. Perhaps a bit meandering. No, it was good. Okay. <laughs> uh, St. Louis Memorial, dude, I got to tell you about this fucking frog, man. Okay. Um, so went camping Saturday night with the kids uh, on the James River and a lot of our clothes got wet. So Sunday uh, on like four hours of sleep. And by the way, I, I was up till three in the morning just hammering Angel's Envy uh, sitting on my Yeti. It was, it was, you know, like kind of a half moon, perfect night. It was awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm a little hungover and I'm scrambling to, to clean the RV, uh, and I'm grabbing every trash bag in the RV and there's this trash bag that's kind of full. And I guess I go and throw it in the trash. And later that night I went out with a flashlight and found it in the trash and brought it inside and all the clothes are soaked. So they got, they got to wash and they got to wash probably twice. Um, well, if you soak them in vinegar, it gets that mildewy smell. Really? Out. Yeah. So we'll try that next time. But we, we run two hot loads. <laughs> and and uh, Meg finds a fucking frog clinging to the window of the fucking washing machine at the end of load two. So the frog survived two loads at like fully hot. He was just clinging to the window. And I could not believe it. The frog was still alive, alive and well, and they released it into the wild. Is that insane or what? What were the odds that the frog would last two hot loads in a high-efficiency washing machine? <laughs> like, was he plus 400? Well, that's what saved it, the high efficiency of, efficiency, efficiency of it all. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, though, I would, I, I would have never guessed that they could survive something like that. How hot do you think it got? Do, do we... <laughs> Hey, cowboy, how hot do washing machines get on the hot cycle? Yeah, get back to us on that. But the frog, I want to give him the St. Louis Memorial Award. Not a lot of people saw him. My family didn't see him. 130 he, he, degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so he was in a hot tub. Okay. He was in like a, a, a scolding hot, really, hot, yeah, hot tub. Real hot tub. And actually, I think they do hang out in, in hot tubs <clears> on occasion. Yeah, so shout out to that frog. That was insane, dude. I just want to shout him out. Are the clothes next to the door not getting very washed? No, they're they're tumbling in the middle of the wash, oh, and then the door's on the outside. No, no, I understand. Frog's just up there like a fucking magnet on a fridge. Did Meg hand it? Did she hand it? She doesn't like touching frogs. I don't blame her. I handle the touching of the frog. Oh, you did? Yeah, I handle the touching of the frog. Okay. Yeah. And then, so. and then where exactly did you release? Just out in the yard. Okay. Somewhere away from the dogs. Oh, all right. Near a tree. Speaking of game seven, because that, that was the whole point of this thing, I had to find the shirt. Uh, and maybe that's why Jason Tatum rolled his ankle, because Luke didn't find his shirt. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to show you a picture of a turtle. Why? Because it was, an ama- it, was an amazing, it was an amazing turtle that I saw that actually drove past. And I thought, that's a, that's a log. Make a case for why this stays in the show. Well, I guess I would say that I would send it to the cowboy, yeah. Reed, and then... Um, Boom, social. And then if deemed quality enough, it could become a social. Let's see the turtle. Well, yeah, that's, that's the crux of the issue, locating the picture of the turtle. Okay, we don't have to. No, no, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really close. I have found the turtle. Speaking of slow. Ha! Hey, so I drive by this, I think, oh... Um, give me the turtle tree bark. Just give me the turtle. It doesn't need any more build up. tree bark sitting on a driveway. And I was like, nah, damn dude. That's yeah. a snapper. That's a snapper. Did you know it was a snapper? No, I did not. 
That's why. That's why. So if I had approached that turtle, it would have snapped at me. Yeah, it would have bit your finger off or something. What dude. if I go from the back to lift it up by the shell? I can't. Dude, get that me, is right? a big ass snapper, dude. And he's got. He's got. What does he have all over him? Leaves and shit. Yeah, he was all disguised. He's all camoed up. He's all real treed up. He was V camoed. He was like, keep it moving. You got to watch for those snappers. I saw about a two foot snapper and the how other many, day. How how big is this? Would you say? Uh, it's about a foot. So that would snap. Mm hmm. Hmm. The jaws clamp down and obliterate any flesh in the way. Cowboy, I'll send this to you. Okay, so so um, game seven. Boy, am I glad it wasn't even close. I mean, like, uh, I had the heat. I had the under and I had the heat. And it was like 9-7 halfway through the first quarter. It was, like, marvelous. Um, it was awesome. Except for the fact that I had Jimmy Butler over 28 and a half points. He missed the free throw with, like, four minutes to go landed squarely on 28 but you can't win them all uh but the heat man like what a fucking run the question we were we were asking is like would this be the most improbable championship in major sports history and i i know that like you know when you talk about history and it's across four sports like you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment but yeah i mean mathematically i look at this thing matt I mean, looking at the odds for the NBA Finals, first off, you have to go back a while to find a five seed in there. I mean, if you take out the strike shortened season in 1998, the only other time there was an eight seed, that was my Knicks. They went down 4-1 to the Spurs. Like, I think the Celtics were a five seed at some point, but you'd have to go back, like, way back to find. And I don't think you have any sixes or sevens that made the finals. But the bottom line is, if you look at, the last like uh, 10, 15 NBA finals like this. If you go off of Vegas odds, which I trust, uh, the Nuggets are minus 400 to win the series over the Heat. I think, Matt, have you seen a number like that? Yeah, so yeah, right. it almost looks like a typo. Yeah, but Weirdly, the Eastern Conference has been favored in each of the last, or sorry, the Western Conference has been favored in each of the last 10 years in a row. Which is wild, because I don't even like, the West was so dominant for a while. Um, the West was so dominant, and 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 then I thought the 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 playing field got leveled a little bit. But you look at that stat; they're still dominant. the The, the Warriors were minus three twenty to beat Cleveland in two thousand seventeen, and we all know what happened there. I mean, like the the Warriors were also minus two eighty uh, to beat the Raptors, and they and they lost them. Of course, I put an asterisk there because Kevin Durant blew his Achilles early in that series but like that's the only way that miami can win is if something bad happens to one of denver's key guys like you think Denver's it's that rested. it's They've that game sure training. absolutely yeah no i would i would say it's more likely that denver sweeps them than that miami wins the series jeez my minus 330 uh lakers bubble championship over heat uh so to put it in perspective if you looked at like the the nfl niners chargers this is niners chargers like if, if you if you were a kid like me watching that game uh, in 1994 or whatever it was, uh, it was 18 and a half was the line. That's the biggest Super Bowl line I could find. Packers, you know, minus 14 over New England. Drew Bledsoe, uh, Reggie White. Cowboys, Super Bowl 30 in Arizona, minus 13 and a half over the Steelers. And then the Broncos, you don't get enough credit for this, Reed. I didn't realize y'all were 11-point dogs. Uh against the Packers in the John Elway helicopter game. Yeah, and then Elway took over. He's crazy. Now, I, I would have never known that at like nine years old, but my son might by the time he's nine. He he was tracking the under the other night. Um, 
But yeah, if you, if you put it in perspective, I do think this would be the most unlikely championship in pro sports history. And I don't know what to make of why the Heat are so much better in the playoffs or why Jimmy's so much better in the playoffs. Because you can make an argument that this is the greatest single player postseason run in history. Even though Jimmy disappeared in a couple games late in that series, if you go off of points per game, um, there's a list here. Dirk is the is the next closest guy in 2011. A lot of people would consider Dirk's championship run in 2011 where he beats the Heat to be like the greatest individual run. He w- the, the, the points per game differential for the playoffs was plus 4.7 for Dirk. Now, Jimmy's almost six points up, you know? Um, so he's been scoring at like an unnatural clip. And I got to shout out Caleb Martin. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like some of those plays that he's making looks like, you know, just an all-star level NBA player. No question. And he's not. I mean, like, again, so it's like Eric Spolstra deserves so much damn credit. Like, this is the biggest case for, like, don't hire a former player. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying no former players can coach, but, like, you have to weigh, like, building a culture against, like, hey, what do the players want? They want Steve Nash this year. They want Darvin Ham. They want, you know, like, uh, do you want a placeholder or a real guy? I know Eric Spolstra's don't grow on trees, but... I totally agree, but also in beating Boston, Miami had the highest percentage on wide open three-point shots of any team in playoff history. They made 58% of open threes. They're not going to be able to do that again. No, and you know, they 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 weren't prolific shooting the three in the regular season, so they they've shot at an unnaturally high clip. You know, if you look at this matchup, I think one of the things in Matt, you're the NBA head, but like they can't switch on Jokic. You know, like Bam's got a Bam is too small. Like they're screwed in a couple different ways. I think they're what they'll try to do is like play him straight up and force him to score, and and hold close on shooters. I don't see what other option they have. Well, they they can kill the zone with him too. I mean, like it's just a bad matchup. And then if you look at like Jimmy Butler, Aaron Gordon's a great defender. So there's a ton of there's a ton of. I mean, like even with all the magic and the riding this wave, like if you look at it on paper, it does feel like. The clock strikes midnight on these guys this this time. And, you know, it might be a terrible finals, but it's been a great playoff. And I don't know what, what you'd rather have, like a playoff where there's not a lot of game sevens, there's not a lot of close games, but then the finals is great. Uh, or, or, or this, you know, which is the way I think it probably plays out is, you know, Nuggets in five or something. I, I don't know. So, and don't get in foul trouble, Bam. You get in foul trouble, you get Kevin Love, and fucking Cody, uh, Cody Zeller. Zeller, who looks like an American dad, dude. He's going to be guarding Jokic. Also, check out the Heat in terms of the the play-in. They lost to the Hawks by 11. They were down most of the fourth quarter to the Bulls. They were nearly bounced. They were down three with three minutes to go to the Bulls in that final playoff game. And then you get the Bucks without Giannis for a couple of games. You beat a, an okay Knicks team, but this is where they really turned it on against Boston. I mean, you go down the, the roster, it doesn't look totally crazy. You got Jokic and Murray, and you got Jimmy and Bam, and the supporting cast is MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, KCP, and then guys who are really playing well, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Truce, Duncan Robinson not playing particularly well, missed those two open shots. Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love. Yep. I mean, there are some dudes. If Hero comes back and you got Spo, you got the culture. I think one uh, – well, a couple factors. One, 
the Nuggets just beat the Heat every time they play. They're nine seems, and one the last couple years against them. Seems significant, and then the altitude, which <clears throat> you know gets talked about off around, a seven game series. Yeah, game one is probably actually I think they say it hits you in game two, uh, worst of all. But the the Nuggets haven't lost a home game this postseason, so yeah, I think it's a tall order. I think what you said's right. It's probably five, but minus four hundred seems a little too steep to me. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. I might bet I might sprinkle a little bit on the heat. You know, it's done me well so far, you know. Uh but I win no matter what cuz I got a big future on Nuggets to beat the Heat and I have a, a big future on the Heat to win. So either way, I'm happy. Is this the end of the Boston wave? Uh Dave Damashek brought this up on his podcast. Um and I think it's probably true. You know, our entire adult life, Boston's been on a heater. You know, you got six uh, football championships, obviously, but you also throw in the three in baseball and the one in hockey, the one in, in, in basketball, even though it feels like they probably should have had more championships in basketball. Um, they've, they've dominated the sports landscape, and they are never shy to tell you about it. But I think it's over. I mean, you have these two seven-game series that end in collapses. I mean, the Bruins were mathematically the best team in NHL history or something like that. Um, and they lose a seven-game series, I think it was, to the Panthers. Um, yeah, that's right. And, you and, know, the, and the Celtics are about <laughs> to pay Jalen Brown $300 million, even though he can barely dribble. But I think they still, if you keep that together and it's Tatum and Brown, I still think they're there. They're there. In the same spot next year. But football, I mean, you got it's chaos up there. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be better, but, like, you tell me they're a contender? I don't know. Um, when was the last Boston championship? It would have been maybe the Patriots or the Bruins. Yeah. I don't know enough about hockey. Bruins might might run it right back. Yeah, they could. But, yeah, hey, the Bills come due. It started, had a it started in college. You, well, you and me were hanging out yeah. that night, and you're, you were a Red Sox fan, and they won the whole thing. Yeah. Came back from, what, 3-0 or – 3-0 in the LCS, yeah. yeah. So, anyways. Hey, and let me be the first and only one to wish the two loves of my life a happy birthday. One, the head coach of the Virginia Cavaliers, Mr. Tony Bennett. Two, last but not least, my lovely wife, Kate. Both June 1st birthdays. And uh, now I'll let you get back to the Atlanta Falcons portion of the broadcast. All right, so let's go to Grady Jarrett, uh, who's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, 2016, when we played them in the Super Bowl, try to put myself in his his shoes for a second. Um, you know, three sacks plays a magnificent game. Three sacks on the goat. On the goat, um, it looks like they're they're, they're going to win the game. But what should be the happiest day of your life turns into you know, probably one of the lowest moments of your life and, and uh, 28-3 and all that stuff. So the rebuild that's followed it, I mean, he's had to play on some bad teams. Got a lot of respect for the guy. Looking forward to talking to him. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an 
easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money, and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. Good news, the Thursday show we do with AMP will continue 4.30 every Thursday. The Greenlight team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston, uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat, we'll answer. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall, uh, every Thursday at four thirty on AMP. Uh, check us out. Do you have good good arm length? I feel like you probably have better arm length than than height because people yeah, are focused on people, height. People, How's people your arm length, man? They really be sleep on me. I'm, That's I'm what I'm good, saying. I'm a good solid six <laughs> one. You know, everybody want to be six yeah. three, all that stuff. But good, <laughs> good arm. I'm gonna touch that wall over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we were just talking offline, me and Grady. The first time I ever played Grady was the Super Bowl when he went off. It just an absolute dominant performance, sacked the goat three times, and since then he's been one of the dominant players on the on the inside in our game, and one of my favorite players to watch. So, want to welcome Grady Jarrett to the show. How you doing, yeah, I'm dude? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Fresh off that practice field, but glad to be on the pod now. Yeah. Yeah, you're like a vet now, dude. It's crazy. I I saw you turn thirty recently. Happy yep, birthday! Yep, thank you, and man. Uh, yeah, so so what's that like being the elder statesman? You know, it's, it's 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 surreal. Really, year nine came so fast, man. I remember when I was younger, like you know, year two, three. I'm like, dang, you know, it's taking a minute. I talked to some of my teammates like year six. I'd be like, dang, year six. I'm like, man, you, you get old. But now, mm-hmm. man, coming into year nine, man, I'm I'm feeling good, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just really enjoying where I'm at, you know, in my career. But uh, so it's like the more I play, the more I'm enjoying it. So that's that seemed like it's a good, good trait, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so I mean, I'm, I'm just taking it how it come. Do you have to do anything differently now that you didn't do, you know, when you were 23 for your body or preparing for the season as you've become kind of like one of these vets over 30? Yeah, man, I think uh, you definitely got to do things differently as far as, especially on the recovery side of things. But also with that, I think learning your body more, you know, as your career progresses, I think that's got me feeling better now at this point. My toughest years as far as physicality-wise is definitely like my first and second year, man, dealing with injuries and trying to overcome that. And uh, But, you know, once I kind of got – I don't know if y'all – I mean, it's probably – I used to wear like this long arm brace, like my elbows used to be all banged up. My mm-hmm. knees, like, I remember you my, had the, my, <laughs> the brace, My knees used to be hurting and stuff. But now, you know, over time you learn how to, you know, treat the things and train the right way, you know, so you can get over – you know, just a little, you know, illnesses and stuff like that. So, I mean, um, as I get older, man, I just feel like, you know, just learning the body better is just bigger than um, doing something different. Do you have vets that you remember when you came in the league that were like, yeah, this dude's solid, he's helping me, uh, this is how I would want a vet to act? And and do you remember those guys as you try to be that veteran presence on this Yeah, team? without a doubt. So, my first year I played with a nose tackle by the name of Paul Solia. And um, he really uh, showed me how, what it is to like, you know, to show the young, the young players love, you know what I'm saying? And just, uh, you know, show them the way and, uh, you know, show them like, you know, if you work hard, you can achieve this type stuff, you know what I'm saying? And 
I caught Paul uh, towards the end of his career, so he was uh, he was playing well, but you know, still just you know, it was big big vet, and you know what I'm saying. But then as far as on the field with a vet, how they went about their business was Jonathan Babineau, somebody I uh, really watched yeah. as a young player, just the way he um, just approached the game. Always taking notes, you know, in year 12, year 13, and he's just like the first one in line every time we're doing drills, doing indie, and um, just always, you know, he would ask questions and stuff. But even though, even when it was the time that he was making the transition to being more of like a support role player versus a starter, he was always the type just to show love and just show up, show the young, younger guys like myself, you know, what to do and, um, and just, and, and, just how to go about your business from somebody who had a lot of success, you know? And uh, so for him to be that for me is something that still has an impact on me. So those two guys, Paul Solia and uh, Jonathan Babineau, were really good impressions on me. Dude, you mentioned Jonathan Babineau. He was a great player, and Paul was a dog too. But, like, uh, I was just with Jordan Babineau mm -hmm. uh, two weekends okay. ago at my golf tournament. Uh, and I'm not a golfer, but I do the tournament because it's a lot yeah, of fun, yeah, and I yeah, ride yeah. along in the whole thing. The drinks are good. The music's yeah. good. Uh, I get to see some of my buddies. I saw you're having your – I think it's Grady Gives yeah. Back weekend, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, uh, and there's a golf tournament in yep. that thing. Uh, are, are you yeah, a golfer? Yeah, so it's funny you say that. So, yeah, so I definitely got the Grady Gives Golf Tournament coming up. So the first year, you know, when I'm yeah. getting to all the charity work, and, you know, everybody do golf tournaments. So, you know what, I'm going to go to my hometown. Yeah. I'm going to do a golf tournament out there. I go out there, set it up, and, you know, for me – Golf is cool, but I can't. I can't be on the, on the course all day, man. And I'm not like the best golfer, and so um, yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't want to do a whole golf tournament. So instead of doing that, past couple of years we've been taking it to Top Golf. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. everybody like oh, yeah. Top Golf. You know what I'm saying? So it's easy and it's easy to have sponsors come and have fun because you know you um, do your sponsorship and you get a bay for you and your company. Y'all get to play. You know, have drinks, have food. You get to interact with um, a lot of different people from different companies or different um, charities, whatever it may be. And you're kind of all in this one area, you know, versus, you know, you got somebody on hole five, hole 10, hole. So for, so for me, especially being in the Atlanta area, we got like three top golfs. So, um, so it's a good, good event that I like to do to raise money for my foundation, Grady Gives. And, you know, the first time actually uh, we met in person was probably at the Man of the Year mm -hmm. stuff and one of the best philanthropists in the league right here. So check out the work that Grady's Foundation does. He's awesome off the field, just like he is on the field. But you got a lot of celebrities you can choose from to have to this golf tournament, probably, like with Atlanta and the music scene yeah. and with some of the athletes. Like, who, who, who are some of the people that might slide Man, through? Man, we got, uh, we don't, in the past, we've had a lot of the Hawks players come through. Um, you know, yeah. uh, the entertainers here in the city, they stay so busy. So they kind of be like last minute if yeah, they do tough. show up or yeah. something like that. You know what I'm saying? So just have my that's the thing when you're booking something yeah. like this, your, your person's like, Hey, three weeks out, like is ludicrous coming? Like, no, that's going to happen. Like the night before. Yeah, I gotta, it happens. gotta happen like the night before. Like, like I just had my birthday. Yeah. I just had my birthday party, man. And, um, we had a young Dro perform at the birthday party. This is all me knowing the oh, high cool. It was all, yeah. everything was a surprise to me. But uh, I think we were supposed to have like like two chains or something. My mom said she said, "Well, he got double book. He got to be in Dubai tomorrow, so he can't come to your birthday." So yeah. I'm like, "All right, <laughs> well, that, that's yeah, you, that, you that, can't that, go back with young Dro showing up though. That's an Atlanta legend. So I, I was happy to have you know whoever that was. So, so with the entertainers, man, it's, it's, they're so busy, you know. But I definitely have a yeah. couple teammates come by, former and current teammates. Uh, some ATL legend players and stuff like that. They're easy because guys stay local, you know. And then um, I have like Ray come, Ray Lewis come through a couple of years. Ed Reed come through, yep. and um, so those are like some of the old vets that's like been close to my life that like to support me and stuff. And I, at this point, I'll be having to, you know, he be booking on me the next day too. So I understand so everybody be yeah. busy. And um, but at the end of the day, you just kind of come show love for Grady Gibbs, and it'd be all good.
So this weekend, a buddy of mine runs a lot of nonprofits here in Charlottesville, and they're doing like a bike drive at the outdoor basketball court. We have a city league basketball uh, league out here, and there's games Saturday night, and Jeezy's coming because yeah. uh, him and my buddy are, are, are cool. I don't know if you've met Jeezy yet in, in yeah, Atlanta, impressive. but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So so I was wondering, we do something called Layup Line here where we – we kind of we we kind of kick it off with with a song. Sometimes we had uh, your head head ball coach Arthur Smith pick a song last week. He did some Bruce Springsteen. I was gonna say if you had one Jeezy song that you like that you want to kick off the uh, the interview with, uh, w- what you got? Yeah, Jeezy, mm. you know what? I like that. I get a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? We talk about hate, but I get yeah. a lot of that. You talk about money, and I get a lot of that. You feel yeah. me? So that that one always get me yep. going. And um, that's just one of the, uh, you know, one of the um, more, not recent, but it ain't like the old Trap yeah. or Die G's. You know, I don't know if they ready for that. You know what I'm saying? So, no, <laughs> that's, that's my age. You know what I'm saying? That's We're trying to keep it, range, keep it clean, dude. you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I would go go crazy remix with Jay-Z because yeah. that was like, in, when I was in college, believe it or not, that was like the anthem, man. Yeah. Uh, Jeezy, I don't know if, uh, I mean, he's been great his whole yeah. career, but like when I was in school in like 2005, he had it. Absolutely, he got it on lock, lock dude. Yeah, lock was, for a long yeah, time, he was the man. man. Yeah, so so uh, hopefully we get to hang out with Jeezy this weekend. Supposedly we're gonna get to just hang out with him and watch some basketball. But um, I guess my question was, you know, I, I talked about Man of the Year and and us meeting there. But the first time I played against you, you just put on such a great performance in that Super Bowl, and I felt like it was a big coming out party for you. But I also kind of tried to put myself in your shoes because you know, that game didn't go the way y'all wanted it to. And I remember being at halftime, you probably sitting in that locker room in a whole different frame of mind than me. I was like, man, we yeah. just blew the Super Bowl. You know, and for me, I'd never been in the playoffs and that sort of thing. But this was your coming out party. And for it to end that way, I do feel for you. And I was wondering how hard it was as a team and for you to get up off the mat. And, and the, the years that followed it have been tough too at times. Mm-hmm. But it looks like y'all are turning around. What's that process been like, and how hard was that mentally to get over that? Yeah, game? man, it was definitely tough. You know, you know, it's kind of one of the things that uh, you know a lot of people joke about this, this, and that, and you know, a lot of what is, what, what, what would have happened. But at the end of the day, you can't control, you know, outcome when something happens. So you can only focus on going forward, you know. And uh, so yeah. for me, instead of me being down and be like, oh, we. I wish we won so I could have did this and everything for me would have been different if we just won the game. Like, I just was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I proved to myself that, you know, I can compete in this league on a big stage and that I just gave me the confidence just to be the best me I can be. But, you know, um, the years following that, you know, a lot, a lot of times people forget about the year after that. We was the only team in the NFC to go back to the playoffs that year. Yeah, we played yeah, again. You know we played again, you and me. And then, um, then we yeah. – was you in Philly that, that year we lost? Yeah, yeah I was in then Philly lost, that year. Lost, yeah, that yeah, was a did. tough one too. We yeah. lost on like a crazy – the pop, the ball popped up off the chest and they converted the first down. Like So that we made it back. Before the half. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's just been – after that, it's been tough. You know, it's been a tough grind. But uh, at the end of the day, I just know that all these years, you know, just trying to get over the hump, get over the hump, it's going to pay off. And I feel like that time it is now, you know, here in Atlanta – and, uh, you know, for me, I just never lost faith. And I'm glad that I, never, I didn't because um, or, you know, just try to run and go find, you know, the answer somewhere else. or go this. I just wanted to, you know, stay 10 toes down, you know, where I'm at and get us back to where I know we need to be. You know what I'm saying? So I take pride a lot yeah. playing in Atlanta. And uh, I just know that our best days of football are still coming. And um, uh, I just think it's, it's, it's just a really good time for us to, you know, get over that hump. And I love the new coach, man. We had Arthur on, as I yeah. said, and. 
We had one question for you. You want to ask him? Yeah, that? how old do you think Arthur Smith is, Grady? <laughs> I know the answer to that. <laughs> you know the answer. I was wondering if you knew the answer. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he could be, he'll be. he tell you himself, though, man. He could be a little deceptive, man. You know what I'm saying? But, but I mean, but <laughs> then you get to talk and interact with him. You're like, oh, yeah, he's he one of the guys, man. He's one of the guys. Dude, yeah, I, I played against him in college. I didn't realize that he was at UNC when I was at Virginia. Yeah. And we were reading through his bio. I'm like, dude, this guy's one of us. Yeah. I mean, my my generation. It's but he's so mature. What's he like though? Just as a head coach, like you've had a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like what are his pet peeves? What 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 does he love? Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna piss him off, what do you gotta do? If you're gonna make him happy, yeah. what do you gotta so do? So you know, his biggest pet peeve, man, is entitlement. He don't like guys who feel like stuff is old to him. Guys who don't work hard, who complain and got a uh, got an excuse for every answer. Why you didn't do this? Why you didn't do that? He he don't play about that. And, uh, but things he really like are uh, guys who grind it out without even like without the accolades or without the you know guys who getting the pat on the back. You know to to do good you gotta feed somebody ego. He don't he don't like that. But we don't like that around here no, anyway either. So but he's definitely got that culture instilled to where everything that you get is gonna be earned and um no matter, you know, whether you're the number one player on the death chart or you know the last guy just trying to make it on the bubble, man. So and everybody gonna have an opportunity, you know, and, and he big on you know guys not being comfortable. Um, you know, he he give and also with that, you know, gives a lot of guys opportunities. You know, so if you got a practice squad guy, yeah. you might find out Saturday night you're gonna be up ready to play. You gonna do what you gotta do, and that I'll be, but that might be a, con- a career changing opportunity for you. So at the same time, while you keep it tough, trying to keep guys on the toes, you giving a lot of opportunities. So that's what I really do appreciate about Coach Smith, and uh, just the more time I get to spend with him, going on third year with him now. I mean, the, the relationship, friendship, and you know, it's always a business, but you know, just the bond between two two guys is just continue to grow you know and um you know i'm excited about it and just you know keep it fresh you know what i'm saying i I'd, uh, I'd enjoyed my first head coach 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 quinn had a good time you know but you know coach smith is a different vibe and and just because it's different i don't mean it's you know bad you know what i'm saying so it really forced me to grow yeah. as a player you know what i'm saying i've been able to yeah. play in a lot of different defensive schemes that i didn't play in my first six years you know playing with coach Pease last year i played all across the defensive line from zero to right. five, so, you know what I'm saying? And now, you know, having a new decor there, I get to play, you know, in some of the same roles, the different roles. So, but I, I enjoy the challenge of it because it keeps, it keep me fresh, yeah. keep me going. There's no monotony to my, you know, my career. Or like I never got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So always learning yeah. and trying to get better. I mean, it's, 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 it's been a perfect marriage. Dude, uh, you mentioned guys that like had to work and might hear Saturday night that they'd be up. You, we got a mutual friend in uh, Stephen yeah, Means. Yeah, that's my brother. Uh, Means was, dude, Means was, like, guys would be petrified yeah. in, in practice. I mean, he would just crack your skull. Man, with at that, practice with that and walk through, like, every day fighting with the offensive line. He did not care. But yeah. you know what, man? I got Stephen yeah. a whole bunch of extra years here, though. And then he became yeah. a starter. Yeah. He became a starter here yeah. for two years, you know? And, kind of, no, and I know. that's something that he just, he, just, he just was so inspirational to me. You know what I'm saying? And you know how means is the passion that he, that he talk with and play with. It just really, really get the juices going, man. So, um, so yeah, man, that's, that's definitely, that's a brother to me. Dude, means was such a legend in Philly. The fans loved him because they come to preseason games and he'd just ball yeah. out and everybody respected him. I remember he had this walk-off sack at the end of the uh-huh. preseason. Uh, the fireworks went <laughs> off and he did his like hammer yep. thing <laughs> and hit it right with the fireworks, dude. I was like, man, this, this was he had the signature dance, uh, and, everything. Well, not the dance, the celebration. Yes. The celebration, yeah, because yeah, I don't no, think not a dance, celebration, uh, celebration. Not a no, 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 and then and then Bates, obviously, yeah, Darren, Darren Bates, Bates played with Darren uh, Bates. 
Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And he's got the raw room going. Shout out to the yep. raw room. We love the raw room. Uh, you talked about different schemes. You know, I know you're dominant as a mm. three. Like, you know, that's where you can hit it and get it. And, you know, uh, but playing up and down the line, was there any spot that was more challenging to learn? Was it a five? Is it is it getting in a zero? Is it a shade? Like, what, what, where did you have the biggest learning? I think curve? I've always been uh, the most comfortable within the, um, zero to three th- to three range you know coming through college mm-hmm. i was basically mostly a nose two eye shade and then i played then i switched over to three technique more in like my third year in the league like mainly and yeah. then um so in that i played so much in between that three so areas of growth for me definitely was going from like four eye out to like fives and stuff like that but as a as a run defender and a pass rusher you know so it was a, uh, yeah. i forgot what year was it i was doing a lot of outside five technique rushing and i just had to learn to get good at it and i really i really enjoyed it and um and then also just in a like in a base front playing like a head up four or something like that i mean he's not my favorite but if i gotta do it i gotta do it you know what i'm saying and um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so you know, I like the guy to like to hit it and get it, but at the same time, you know, being disciplined with my footwork, hands, and you know, reading versus always attacking, attacking, attacking is something that I had to grow yeah. and uh, you know, learn to love too. You know, so and um, and so so it's like, and then being a uh, quote unquote smaller defensive tackle, sometimes being putting myself in positions to where I don't give them certain angles on me to uh, get movement, and yes. usually when I hit it and get it. I can, um, you know, get through some of the stuff, but then just playing more strong and more with a better base and holding through some of the double teams and stuff. Do you have good good arm length? I feel like you probably have better arm length than than height because people yeah, always man, focus look, on people, height. People, people How's your arm length? People be sleeping on me, man. They really be sleeping on me. I'm, That's I'm what I'm good, saying. I'm a good solid six <laughs> one. You, you know, everybody want to be six yeah. three, all that stuff. But good, <laughs> good arm. I'm gonna touch that wall over there. <laughs> but no, but I, that good, good arm length, good hands. I got ten inch hands at the combine. You know what I'm saying? Yes, dude. Um, yeah. But other than that, man, for me, don't none of that. I mean, it's the it's the it's the work ethic, it's the it's the motor, it's the strength. You know, yeah. and for me, my strength yeah. really is what helped me play in the inside a lot. A lot of guys may see me, and I think it's like a, like a little deceptive factor, especially when they see me in person. They're like, "Oh man, you you smaller than I thought. You smaller than I thought." Then they run up on me, man. You know what I'm saying? To catch a little elbow, you know, a little. Get these yeah, hands, catch a little dude. hand to the throat real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. All right, let's tighten up. The- did you watch Gino oh, a yeah. lot? I feel like because Gino was one of the most dominant yeah, yeah. defensive tackles of my era, and probably aligned with you, kind of like watching guys in college yeah, and that sort for of sure. thing. For sure, Gino was a beast, man. He was. Uh, I honestly didn't know how he did it sometimes because as you probably watched him, he had a little funky, a funky stance. But it went. By the time he yeah, got out really the stance, <laughs> it was like you know. And but he had so much yeah. power, like, and it was like one of the things where. You'd be like, how is he moving this guy like that? But it was just he would just get inside hands and just just push him back, and they couldn't stop him. And he was just so he was so yeah. quick up and down the side, up and down the line, and just play relentless, man. Just play relentless, and uh, you know he had a good career like he did for I mean for a reason. You know he was a special player. Yeah, and and you you worked the long arm good too. So I mean, yeah, it's like, like converting to that power, man. Yeah. Like if I, if you get stopped with that initial move, just shoot head down, go to work, push him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good tool to have in the toolbox. Uh, you did get paid, man. You talked about like staying at it and all that stuff. You got paid deservedly. So I love to see it. And, uh, I know I was looking at your Instagram and, uh, you had a picture in front of your, I think your house. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude, there's some nice houses in Atlanta, bro. Your house oh, is man, pretty sweet. Man, looking. I found a gym. Yeah. So, I found a yeah, gym. Dude, Especially saw, in the COVID scare when so, prices was down. <laughs> yeah, you got Luxury it, market dude. killing right <laughs> now, but I had beat the wave, man. I beat the wave. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's still motivating for me. You know what I'm saying? Because 
just see your yeah. dreams come to reality and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm definitely I'm definitely um, you know enjoying where I'm at. I'm always doing renovation, something at a house or fixing something. You got a house like that, you always got to fix something. You know, it's like a, it's like an on, right. ongoing yeah. build. But at the end of the day, you know it all. It's all it's all it's all worth it, man. So. That's why I just downsize. This is my real estate agent yeah. right here. I just downsize because I'm like, man, I don't like keeping track of all yeah. that shit. How far do you live from Rick Ross? From Rick man? Ross, I'm probably kind of far. He down, he down to Fayetteville, which is a good hike. You know, I'm, I live in Sandy Springs area. And uh, yeah. the Rick Ross, more where he live at, they got a lot of land out there. See, we got, yeah, he's my got man's like nice, nice houses and stuff. But, you know, you don't get like two acres or like acre and a half. Yeah. But down there, they're going, you're going to get, you know. 30, 40 acres, you know. Have you been no, there? I haven't been there. Haven't been there, but I see videos of it all the oh, time, man. man. Dude, he's got it. Yeah, he's he got, got he got a heck of a crib out there. Your uniforms. I know we're we're doing a little bit of addition by subtraction yeah. this year with the gradients. And people was hating uh, well, on the gradients. Feel, I like though. the gradients. You look good in the gradients, but not yeah. everybody. <laughs> man, I had the swag down pat. You gotta go with the they was wearing it wrong. You gotta go with the white cleats. Or the, or the white okay. gloves to go with the gray, and they were trying to wear the faded red, faded. They they was doing too much. Yeah. You got to simplify the gradients, okay. man. But it's all good. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Key. It is what it is. But I had like the gradients. <laughs> How do you feel about them generally? The unis, home, away, all of it. What's your favorite? Um, I think the favorite is uh, you know, I, I was a part of the the when we had the old reds. I had like those the uh, the red and white bottoms yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, that style, like when um, you know Mike Vick used to play for us, we wore that for like my first yep. um, five years, I think. And then the switch over, I was happy that we got the all black. Um, at first, the ATL right here kind of kind of threw me off, but I, I grew I grew to love it. And um, details. And then um, mm-hmm. I like when we do the white black combo. I like the all white. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know the one everybody didn't like was the gradients. I was like I thought those were pretty cool. Now when I when I first seen them though, it was switching over to uniforms i thought it looked a little like pop warnery or whatever but i did yeah. grow to like it though you know what i'm saying so and then the throwbacks are timeless you know so everybody love the throwbacks, the throwbacks are the you know best. what i'm saying so the throwbacks are timeless and uh you know i love to wear it when we wear those yeah no question hey that defense you have there it's a little like the ncaa transfer portal yeah. at the moment <laughs> you're just acquiring talent uh from year to year but but Talk about being the the guy who's the, been there, the guy who now you introduce the newcomers to everybody in the building. You have Calais there, you have Anyamata, a couple guys in the secondary, Okuda, Bates, yeah. Bates Bud Dupree. Yep. How is it having all these new faces in the building? And all who are you excited Man, about? Awesome. I'm really, I'm really excited about all of them. I'm excited probably the most to play with David just because we play so close to each other in the inside. Yeah. And uh, and then just learning from Calais, you know, a guy that's been, you know, going on year 16. You, I mean, and then also, you know, adding more depth and skill in the back end is going to help us as rushers up front as well. So, I mean, uh, I mean, it's been a really great offseason, especially for the defensive side, which I'm super, super excited about. But I take pride definitely in being a mainstay here and, uh, you know, hopefully to continue to pushing it for years to come. And um, so I just, you know, I just feel like it's patience, you know, worked up with perfect timing and hard work. So, uh, I think I think it's, it's time for us to really, you know, reap, reap, reap the rewards of just being patient and bringing in guys that's ready to compete right now, you know. Because sometimes, as you know, Chris, man, we get a even if you get a high round draft pick rookie, man, it's still a learning curve, you know what I'm saying? For like especially on the curve, inside, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like so, to get a guy that's ready to go right now, like like David, you know what I'm saying, Calais, and um, so I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be really good. David's a, a hell of a player, and I kind of wonder this because you probably don't see a lot of guys going from New Orleans to Atlanta yeah, yeah, or yeah. vice versa. 
how much did like you guys openly talk about it and i gotta say it might be the best rivalry in football it might be not be the one that gets the most yeah. attention but i the, where do i feel the most hate i feel the most hate during hate yeah. week and i didn't even play yeah, there facts. what what Put put me in in your shoes that week, and what 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 goes on that week between those man, two? Man, you already you know more in the teens, man. It's like the cities, man. Like even like it's like all year round. So I got family like in um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so I go there a lot. Whether I fly to New Orleans or Baton yeah. Rouge, and like year round, they got some hate hate Falcon stuff. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. so when you but even playing the game, it's just it's just one of those games where no matter what the records are, it's gonna be a good game. You know, no matter if you know you got yeah. two teams in the playoff hunt or. Um, or just, you know, maybe two teams both struggling. And it's a game that means a lot to so many people. And uh, But I think when you have a guy like, you know, come over from like a uh, rival team or something like that, uh, I mean, you got, I mean, you got to learn how to like the team. I mean, you know, I've been here, so I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so it's all, like, you know what I'm saying? Him. So, um, but I, you know, you mind the business that pay you, you feel me? So, um, yeah. so um, I think it would be okay transition for him. What's what's it like? I mean, uh, you know, my dad played yep. in the league. Uh, your second generation yep. NFL as well. Like, there's pressure that comes with that, man. Like, and I, I think a lot of people might not um, think about it because you guys didn't play the same mm -hmm. position. But you know, there's definitely been pressure on you, I'm sure, uh, growing up and you know, like going to college and playing ball and now in the pros. How has that shaped who you are? You know, what? I think for me it's a little different. You know, because. So, the pressure for me really wasn't there on that end of it because uh, yeah. though me and my uh, dad do got a good relationship, we I didn't grow up in that same yeah. household, you know. So for me, right. um, my my the man I call dad growing up was Grady Senior. I'm Grady Jared Second, and um, yeah. and he by himself was just on me to be my best as far as you know whether it's like being like um uh like you know always in shape or you know my mom being on me like as far as like just you know being being like you know good child hard work and all that stuff like that so the it was for me I don't know if it was a I don't know if advanced because I was a little separated from the everyday yeah, part of it you know what I'm saying pressure, yeah. but at the same time yeah. being a pro now I, I I can just really just you know enjoy it because it's it's um you know it's just like it's something like it's like a cool little you know what I'm saying thing and the way fate works out you know yeah. to, for me to be you know here and um yeah, and being a second generation Falcon you know what I'm saying I mean I just going you know I'm gonna enjoy the ride you feel me like uh yeah. but at the, at the end of the day it's not something that as negatively affects me in the pressure form but something like you know to strive for you know what I'm saying like and then but also yeah. knowing that I got my own story too so um so it's a interesting dynamic but at the same time. Uh, it's something that I, you know, I take pride in it. You, you feel me? So, um, yeah. so it's, 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 it's some, just, just a cool part of my story. Do you, and one part of your story that I thought was really interesting, and I didn't know this about until I was reading about you before you popped on, but I did not know, and this is a low point, I'm sure, but draft yeah. night, you guys had that yeah. fire, man. And like, um, and, and as you're, as you're getting passed over, mm. like the first night goes by and you guys are dealing with a house yeah. fire. I mean, how how tough was that? And then when you when you watch the draft now, is it hard to separate that memory from like actually watching it and not feeling that way? You yeah, know what man, I mean? it was definitely something that was like super um, like just traumatizing going through that because especially for my family, we were always the family to be more stable. You know, and as family, you always got people you know got to look out for here and there, here and there. So for my family to be one going through it and being like displaced during that time, it was really tough. And also with you know one me already watching the draft. Expecting to be taken high, you know, first day pass, yeah. didn't didn't get drafted. 
second day come, you know, watching, you know, even like Coach Sweeney called me like that morning, like with the second or third round, like, you know what, you didn't get picked yesterday, but congratulations, today's your day, blah, 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 this and that. I'm like, all right, yeah, so at the end of the day, at worst, you know, no, I don't get past the second, third round or something like that. So um, around, the second, around the second round time, you know, that's when we the fire started, you know. So um, so I think r right then it's like fight or flight, you know what I'm saying? You got to get everybody out of the house from like your draft party and stuff. And then you take a second back and you're like, hold up, like this is like, this is happening right now. You know what I'm saying? And um, and then by the same time, you got your little ticker on, you got your phone on you because you want to get drafted, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so so as that going on, you know, the fire, get everybody out of the house and, you got some people crying over here, some people just making sure everybody straight over here. And um, and then me, I'm kind of just kind of still locked in, trying to, you know, watch the phone. And uh, so time go by, it's getting dark outside, third round pass. And I remember like the Cleveland Browns was like, had, like the last week, the third round, they took a defensive tackle. And um, I was like, then I was frustrated. I like slammed my phone. I just was like, like super mad. And then the next day, um, went out to my, uh, Covington is a town over from Conyers where I'm from. And uh, my cousins had a house there. Uh, went to Covington to watch the uh, rest of the draft. Fourth round pass. Defensive tackles getting taken. Defensive tackles getting taken. And then by the time I'm like, you know, I I mean, I was still sad about the fire and all that. But I mean, I'm still I'm like, you know, I'm still not drafted. So by the time the time for me to get drafted, I'm on the floor like laid out, bro. Like like disappointed. I'm like laid out. Like I'm holding back tears. I don't even know if I'm holding back. Like I'm just like crying. Then by the time. My phone ring, and that's like a Atlanta number. I can't really remember if it was like 404 or 770. Um, and I answered it, and it was, um, you know, uh, Thomas Dimitro at the time, Scott Pioli, and, um, you know, Dan Quinn. That's who I talked to. They traded up to get me in the fifth round. And once you get traded, I mean, once you get picked, man, it, it was just such a relief. And then for um, it to be in Atlanta going through that, you know, with my family not having to leave, you know what I'm saying? It was also just a big relief for everybody, you know, around, especially my yeah. immediate family, like my mom, my sisters, and my dad, and stuff like that. And um, and so once you get drafted, you know, usually, you know, you see everybody, guys, get drafted. They had a, the parties, and, they, you know, you're looking good, or just, hang, you know, hanging out and stuff like that. But, you know, we got put up in a hotel, you know what I'm saying? Um, they sent yeah, us some, dude. like, Falcons gear to – um like suffice for a little while but uh but you know it was just it was a weird time but you know god paid it back tenfold you know me just stand down and just believing and believing in the process and you know everybody just staying together as a family you know what i'm saying and just as our own little team our own little unit and um you know here we are you know nine ten years later um you know, just I just couldn't, you know, put a better picture together. What's what's going on? It ain't been perfect, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still, you know, here here where my feet were planted at, and um, continue to, you know, just uh, just continue to grind it out. You know, I, I, I enjoy my story of being a fifth rounder, and um, and you know, letting that be motivation to other guys, you know, who are low draft picks or uh, undrafted yeah. guys, and um, showing that you know you can still do it. You just got to believe in yourself. It's a longer road, you know what I'm saying? But you know, you never know how your mindset will be if you do get if you do get fed too early. You know what I'm saying? If you go out at first round Japanese, yeah. everybody telling you how good yeah. you are. You know what I'm saying? And I always say, you know, whether I was the, uh, you know, first round pick or fifth round pick, uh, you know, I would have the same mindset. I would do that. I'd do it. But at the end of the day, you don't know that. You know what I'm saying? So the things that I've had to yeah. overcome have given me a, a, a drive and a will to never give up. You know what I'm saying? And to know that the best – is always yet to come, you know, no matter how ugly it can be in a moment. And um, and just you got to keep trusting the process and keep grinding it out. Let the rest take care of itself.
how big of a influence has Ray Lewis been on you? Because I didn't realize how tight of a bond yeah. y'all had, and I heard about some of the workouts. Yeah, too. man, the workouts just be crazy growing up, man. So he he's had a heck of an impact on me. Uh, he's been a part of my family since I was like five years old. Uh, met, met through um, parents, met through like, you know, like mutual friends and stuff like that. And he just mm-hmm. would come around, you know, invite invite me and the fam to the house and all that stuff. He would stay at our, stay at our house and he'd come to Atlanta with his uh, kids and stuff. So like his kids are like we call each other cousins and everything. We Still hang out yeah. to this day. I mean, we see each other maybe once or twice a week now as adults. So, but yeah, we talk all the time. But growing up, man, he had us working out so early and just hard, man. And he <laughs> he he really grinded. Like as far as he used to have his house in Boca Raton, and uh, we used to go down there for like spring break or something. You know, he used to spring break people hanging out. Da da da. Man, we up early, running on the beach. Uh, he, he was just be like, "You see that pole all the way down there? Run there, and come back <laughs> three, four times or something. <laughs> to come back and hit these." Uh, Jumping jacks on the sand, drills and all this stuff. We 12, 13, you know what I'm saying? So then it's just, you know, it's just kind of building that, that uh, I guess, work ethic. You know, you're just doing it at a, as a kid. But then as you get older and you know, I get, get into college and I'm working with them, then it, it ain't like I'm spending them weeks and weeks upon weeks. It's like, you know, maybe a week at a time or a couple of days yeah. here and there. But it's just pushing your body, knowing how far you can really go. You know, when you go back to training with your team, you know how much more you can really do. You know what I'm saying? So for me to learn from one yeah. of the best to ever uh, play the game, you know, my uh, expectation of uh, uh, just uh, you know, whether it's like learning from like a leadership standpoint or just, you know, you got guys, you know, they try to tell you the way to do, do something this way or, oh, you don't got to do that. You know, that's, they tripping. They, but when you hear like people who are the best at what they do, always striving to get better, you know what I'm saying? It's like for me, how can I ever think that I arrive? You know what I'm saying? If the, you know, yeah. Hall of Famers and stuff, most of the ones I've met, they always thought it could get better in whatever facet it was. So, and never was satisfied, you know. So, that's something that I, probably the biggest lesson that I picked up from um, just uh, hanging around Ray. And, you know, he played for 17 years and, um, you know, and just it wasn't, it wasn't an easy feat. And to do that on a consistent level, you know, being a pro now, you see how hard it was, you know. So, your buddy Matt Ryan mm-hmm. is going to be on TV. Uh, how do you think Matt would do on TV? Because Ray did some TV. How, how do you think Matt would do on TV? I think Matt going to do good. He got the look, you know what I'm saying, everything. You know what I'm saying? He going to talk, you know, he do good talking with his hands. He's always, when he would talk to us, he used to talk <laughs> to us like this all the time. So when he got the mic talking, you're going to see him pointing a hand. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure he's going to do well, man. I mean, he's he got just whatever he do, he just do it to the best of his ability, man. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see him in his next role for him. And, and your quarterback now, Desmond yeah. Ritter. Uh, you got to get a good hard look at him last year because I know he probably ran a lot of scout yeah, yeah, teams. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, and you got to play against him. But uh, how has he developed? And you know what kind of guy? Yeah, is Yeah, man. So I mean, just from a developmental standpoint, seeing him from a rookie to now, he looks like a totally different dude. I mean, got a lot thicker and um, just like you know more more muscular. You can see more um, like just just becoming a pro from like a like an early you know yeah. early round draft pick to so just in his demeanor is just. Uh, been really, really well, but I mean, the skill level, I mean, if you see him throwing the ball, see him running, uh, he's just gotten so much better. And I think when he did get the opportunity to play last year, he showed like, especially like being thrown in the fire like he was, that he had enough, you know, worth all, whatever it may be, to, to be able to be a good pro. So you take that yeah. and you develop it over and over, you know, then when it's his time to shine, which it is now, I'm sure he's gonna do, do a really good job. So I'm excited to see him, um, see him go to work, but he's a guy that, um, uh, he, you know, some people, you know, they 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 just got that little it about them. You know what I'm saying? Just that that mm-hmm. it factor. So whatever it is, you know, it's enough for 
you know, coach and uh, leadership here with the Falcons to believe in him, to give him that the opportunity to be our number one quarterback. And I think he's going to take it and run with it. The flip side of the draft experience that you had is another one you had in a way this year where the Falcons are sitting there at eight. There's a really good D tackle from Georgia sitting there. Some say the best player in the mm -hmm. draft. And they say, we know what we have. We like what we have. We got our guy. And they go Bijan Robinson a year after uh, going after guys, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. There's a lot of talent at the skill position. Talk about those guys. How are they going to uh, be dynamic for that that offense led, led by Desmond? Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to watch it. I'm so excited to watch it come to life. And then with guys like Kyle, um, Drake, being older now, having that experience to just see them uh, really be able to open and spread their wings more. And uh, I'm excited to see what Bijan got. I mean, it's, you know, they were saying he was like one of the best, if not the best player in the draft. So, I mean, just being out here at OTAs, you know, you can't really see everything, but you can see, you know, movement yeah. skills, how guys got, you know, mindsets. And, you know, some guys, they just different, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and I, I'm excited to really see him in uh, full live action. So. Uh, I think we got we got some good pieces. We got some good pieces and some vets. We also added to the team that uh, Desmond gonna have at his at his um, expense to get the ball to. And we got a really physical offensive line. They're good and they're great in run 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 blocking. Man, they they some beasts. They're good in pass protection. And um, I'm excited and hopeful that we you know open the offense and just um, just let it fly. You know, because the more points they score, the more opportunities we get to rush. So, um, so hell I'm super, yeah, super super excited. <laughs> uh, with the bye week, uh, we had Arthur on. We were talking about yeah. London, and he was saying he made the decision because they give you an option when to do the bye, yeah. I guess. After London, you guys did not take the bye. You've played in yeah. London. What do you think about playing in London? And then also, what do you think about uh, Coach's decision to push that bye later? You know, in the I, do, I do like him, the decision to push it later because a bye week so early is like, uh, you got to come to practice anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the early bye yeah. week is like, it's really not even a bye week. And then, uh, so I'm glad that we yeah. pushed it. Uh, the only thing I really wish we did with the London game, I wish we went for the whole week. You know what I'm saying? I think we're going to leave like halfway through yeah. the week. But, um, but yeah. I mean, the experience was really good. We went two years ago and uh, we got a, got a dub over there. And then just playing in front of the, that crowd over there is, is, is so funny because um, they like into it the whole game. They're just yelling uh -huh. and stuff. It might not even be on the right cue, but everybody got yeah. on. Every team is represented. And uh, But for me, it was cool to be in another country and see like big billboards of myself like – you know what I'm saying? Atlanta Falcons, you know, great Jared, or like um, just being like, being able to play in another stadium that's like not even meant for, you know, U.S. football or whatever. And um, they turn it mm -hmm. and convert it to a whole, you know, football field. So I'm excited to go to the other stadium. We were in uh, Tottenham last time, Tottenham. So we go yeah, to, the, uh, the Spurs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Wembley. Yeah. yeah, I played at Wembley. Wembley's cool, but you got to wear those uh, seven okay, studs, Okay, all right. Well, that's good. That's good to know. Because that grass is good because the soccer grass, they want it slick. Okay. They want it slick so the ball skips yeah. across it, but it's not built for guys like you or okay. me. So you got to wear the studs. Um, well, at least yeah. check. Because uh, I don't want you cussing me in the second <laughs> quarter. Like, this motherfucker told me to wear the tweet My feet hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, at halftime. Uh, okay, so then the other one would be one of my favorite players, one of your college teammates, D Hop. He's floating yeah. around. Um, are you excited to see him get a new opportunity? And, like, where do you think he'd be a good fit? I mean, I know you're not, like, an NFL analyst, yeah. but is there a uniform you'd love to see him Yeah, in? I mean, uh, I think he's going to do good wherever he, wherever he at. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, I'm excited to see him get a new start because everywhere he's been, whether he's playing with, like, 
you know, a top quarterback or not top quarterback. Because when he was in Houston, yeah. he had so many different quarterbacks, he was still putting up big numbers. You know what I'm saying? So, I yeah. mean, wherever he go, mm-hmm. he's going to be productive. And, uh, you know, uh, I thought about hitting him up. Like, look, come to that. But I am not in. I'll leave, that. I'll leave, I'll leave <laughs> all that up to CP. Cordell Passing, the biggest uh, recruiter yeah. we got. <laughs> Is he? So um, Is he really? So, yeah. So, wherever he end up, I'm sure he's going to do well. And that's good to see him still being highly productive. One of the top receivers in the game still with him going into year was it 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. 10, I think. Who who's CP hitting up? Man, every, oh, you got it's like it's probably a thread out there. It's just type in like quarter Patterson recruiting anybody who's been a free agent or a <laughs> coach from free agents to coaches. He'd be making them they he, Twitter he got on yeah. Twitter and all that. I'd be like, hey, yeah. go again. We ain't got nobody. He talking about go get yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's over. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Take us through quickly, step by step. October last year, third down. You uh, you had to go and rough up Tom Brady. You yeah, got that was a, really you, violent, you got a flag thrown on you. That was brutal. Uh, I couldn't even watch yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you want to apologize or what? <laughs> man, please. That's one of them things, you know what? And I, I didn't even comment too much on I got on uh, one of the NFL shows with Ray and talked about it a little bit. But it was so one, one of the things that was so blatant, you didn't even have to say too much. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so that kind of took care of itself. I am upset that I did get my sack taken. I was on a, That's I was a, on bad a one, uh, dude. heck of a streak. I was like five sacks in four games, like, you know, once you break, once you get your strength broken, it's like, it took me like two games to get back another sack. So it was like, I was like, bro. And then the thing, other thing about it was, we was in position to go get the ball back and go try to score because we finally picked up some momentum. Yes. So it was just uh, such, 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 so much stuff going on. Mm. But at the end of the day, you know, I, like I say, it was a clean play, you know what I'm saying? All the in-between stuff would leave for everybody else to talk about. But um, I think it was such a, um obvious, however it went, that it, I didn't even have to say much about it. Did Tom, did Tom try to kick you? Come on, man. Twice, man. Twice, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, you know what? <laughs> what? I always, you know, I always. He's mad at you about 2000. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, a lot of people, you know, and I and I respect Tom to the T, you know what I'm saying? I love playing and competing, yeah. competing against him, always bring the best out of him. But I done played him so many times, so I'm not, like, scared to hit him. You know what I'm saying? These guys, yeah. they see Tom Brady, and they be like, oh, I, I don't know. If I, yeah. Man, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to hit him you know, every time. You know, legally, right? So, yeah. and he probably yeah. used to guys not really hitting him a lot. So, but, I mean, the opportunity there, I'm, I'm going to hit you, so. uh yeah, it's a soft landing. Yeah, yeah. Too. You know, older <laughs> so, guy. I mean, you know, heck, heck of respect, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate to end it on a sour note there with you getting a FedEx for a few <laughs> uh a few G's there. But uh but yeah, man, keep it up. Awesome watching you play and hope you come back soon, dude. Good luck. Yes, this sir. Year. Appreciate you having me on up. Listen to the full podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast streaming platforms. Uh, Wherever you want to get the podcast, you can get the podcast. Pretty simple. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more content. Podcasts get pretty wild. This is real tame. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. one 800 
889-9789. I'm so excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. You all know I spend a good bit of time on the river and in the woods, and I need something that protects the eyeballs but gives me a clean, fresh look. Oakley's are changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train? Just want to look like your favorite athlete, like, uh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, uh, Justin Jefferson? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, there's more than meets the eye. Here on the show, we're all about looking good and playing good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. And since it's officially almost summer, you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I rock the Sutro TIs because they have a solid style that fits my work play way of life. They look great when I'm in the field at softball and I'm on the river enjoying a float, but they also come in clutch whenever I need to look professional. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. Welcome to the Oakley Block. Matt, you're at the beach. I thought you were at the beach with your family, and uh, you pop on Zoom, and Macon's like, how's your lady friend? And begs the question, like, are y'all going steady? Because she's at the beach. With your family. With your family. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Last night we were at the uh, kitchen table and my niece, who's five years old, was like, are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, and nice. Like, Tough one. How do you... And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. And then she got obsessed with the idea of a wedding for the next 30 minutes and continued to shout about it. So that was nice and fun. That's good. good yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess Big assist from the five-year-old. Yeah, like a succession yeah. wedding. We'll film it. We'll mm-hmm. pod from By it. By the way, uh, your take on succession, because you weren't here the other day. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. thought it was great. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sad not to have it in my life anymore. Yeah. But I thought it was um, very well done. Yeah. Very well handled. Did you, did you, do you identify with any of the characters? Because well, that's an interesting question. You don't want to admit that you identify with any of them, but, you know. Well, only in that I was led to the show by listeners of this one because they kept saying I was Greg, I was Cousin Greg, and I didn't know who Cousin Greg was. So that's how I found it. And yeah, I do see a similarity or two. Okay. Tall and strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I was just wondering. Um, and then Shiv a little bit, you know? Oh, she's my least favorite character. Because I'm a hot piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt. So, uh, like, listen, are you, uh, are you, uh, doing like any extracurriculars on the sand or what's going on there? What's the, uh, what's the situation? 
Yeah, we actually took a nice little uh, lighthouse trip. I'm sure that's what you meant. We walked up the lighthouse to the top, saw the whole Outer Banks. Beautiful. Was Are you standing straight? Was it standing erect? Yeah. It was at all the way above You want to say trees. full mass. See, see the sound, see the ocean. Okay. Do, do you have a ring on you? Might this might you be proposing during this trip? <laughs> nah, dog. Okay. Do your parents like her? Yes. Really? Yeah, they do. Which okay. makes sense. Does she like your family? She purports to. Who, good word. Who does she like most? Who's her favorite family member? Excluding you? Um, yeah, <laughs> excluding me. Uh, probably... Probably little niece Janie, as I mentioned before, yeah. they've been doing some art. That's oh. good stuff. That thread will stay. Um, okay. Um, so, so uh, Reed. What I've found is that the audience likes hearing about our real lives, yep. you know? Yeah, the ones you talk to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Reed, do you want to do Read Around the World? I would love to do Read Around the World. You saw the other day that Al Pacino will have a child with his 29-year-old girlfriend. Okay. Pacino's 83. Okay, this girl's 29. I'm not judging. I just want to point a couple things out. Woman, yeah. Yeah, woman. She's mm -hmm. um, in, in 1994, I think, is when she was born or some, some, somewhere around there. Okay, quick math. Um, she, was an, she was but an egg during Scent of a Woman. Yeah, her like, scent was a little yokey. Yeah, man. Like, this is... To put things in perspective, I mean, what'd you say earlier about my age? My... You're Nor. Her name's Nor. Uh -huh. N-O-O-R. She is eight months pregnant at present, by mm -hmm. the way. Uh, you're Nor. You're being 38 years old would be currently minus 16. Yep. So in 16 years, that's when that person would come along for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, it kind of feels like a bit of one-upping because De Niro just did it. In fact, earlier I was like, didn't we just hear about this? Like, why is this news again? Well, it's because they have a rivalry. They want to see who's still, who's still throwing strikes. I would like paternity tests for both children when they arrive. You're, you're casting doubt. Well, they got massive PR machines behind them. Did you know Pacino was married to Beverly D'Angelo? The great Beverly D'Angelo, of course, from uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, really? Yeah. She's still with us, Reed? Reed. Yes. Yep. Reed didn't know because she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old, hey, how old are you, how old are you willing to be to have a kid? How old's old as you would be and then have a kid? Well, it depends on the circumstance, I guess, but... Um... I could see 55, 60. Wow. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do it, no. But, like, if I had to, I, I might be able okay. to. You know, because then you get to at least see high school graduation. Yeah. You know, uh, but if I wait till 82. How old was Big Hal? Big Hal was, like, 23. It was yeah. old school. Yeah. You know. My dad was 45. My dad will turn uh, 83 this year. We should call him and see what he thinks. About Al? People I talk to like it when you call your dad. What do I say? What do you think about Al Pacino laying strong pipe at this age? Okay. My dad's never not answered. <laughs> He'll call back. He'll call back. We'll ask him.
Oakley Block is uh, it's a work in progress. He's oh, calling back. He's calling back. <laughs> Yellow. Hey, sorry. I hit hold and accept and put me off. Oh, dear. Who were you on the phone with on the other end? G. Oh, how's G? He's all right. I, I just started. He, he called me and I just started talking to him. Yeah, that's how that's it how goes. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um, Al Pacino is going to have a baby. What? Yeah, Al Pacino is 83 years old. Gee. Damn. So at 45, I was just a young kid, right? That's right. His um, <laughs> his baby mama's 29. The age gap is 54. Oh, for crying out loud. When, when this child graduates high school, uh, Al will be 101. <laughs> Is he married? I don't think they're married, no. No, he's never been married. Huh. Huh. Does he have other kids? Yes, he does. Probably in the 60s. <laughs> what do you think about an 83-year-old having a baby? Well, I think people ought to, unless they're hurting other people, ought to be able to do what they want. Hmm. Are you impressed? No, I'm... I'm amazed than impressed. <laughs> huh. I might say synonymous, those two words. Amazed and impressed? No, amazed would be surprised. Okay. Brad, it's Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm real good. Um, good. Are, you're, not, you're not amazed, though? Like, you're not partially impressed? Because this guy's 83. Like, everything's still working. Oh, you mean that his equipment's in better better shape than most of us? Well, I didn't. I'm not casting aspersions here. <laughs> well, I'm only 82. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe this guy's making babies. Still, that's all. Okay, and I, I mean, it's almost. I mean, I should think it would be almost impossible, but anyhow. All right, here's Mike. It's good, good to talk to you, buddy. Uh, good to hear your voice. I love you. Love your podcast. Thanks, oh. man. Well, he, What's your line? this guy here is a big part of it. Here he is. How's retirement going? Uh, I'm pretty busy. Mm. <laughs> good. All right, Dad. Well, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta go over to UVA. I've got an appointment in urology to, to get my plumbing checked out. Okay. All right. <laughs> Pacino got that done. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. All right. You you now my now my dad is debasing himself on this podcast. Okay. You brought it up. There's a Russian spy whale. Yeah. Uh, that's flying around the country. It's We're right now. It's the uh, yeah, swimming around. Uh, it's right now. It's in Sweden. That's and right. Sweden. Is, Swedish authorities are trying to uh, keep it in one place so they can get to it and help it out. But uh, help it it's out. A Vladimir. Yeah. Is, it, is is its name. Now, is Vladimir, it's a play on words. It's a combination of Vladimir Putin and whale. Right. The word for whale. Mm. That's right. Wow. And uh, and this whale has gone viral um, because it has uh, picked up a woman's dropped cell phone in the water mm -hmm. and swam it back up to her. And also, it uh, a kayaker was motored around on the water. 
and dropped its GoPro. Mm-hmm. And this whale kind of stole it and was playing with it, then brought it back. So here's the, here's the, uh, the thing about this whale. Um, here's the thing about Russia. I'm kind of impressed, okay? Like everybody else flying no these kidding. drones around, lasers and fucking satellites, and they're going Paul Johnson. They're going Georgia Tech, you know, ground and pound, triple mm-hmm. option. It's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. You know, uh, I also feel bad for the whale on another hand because like whales, they live to be like 60. So they average out like 40 to 60 years. Um, and this whale is 13. So he's been at it for a few years now. If they enlisted him at like nine, that's tough. I mean, that's really tough. He's, he's a kid. You know, he doesn't have a choice. And both the uh, United States and Russia have animal, animal spying uh, facilities or capabilities. They we both do? train animals. We, we to, do. Yeah, we do too. What Good do we train? Us. They Are train they... all kinds of animals. They train like dolphins and they train military dogs, all types of stuff. Are they driving this whale? No, they're not driving. It's just got like a, a fucking backpack on with... Because they say he's 13 or 14, but he hasn't seen another beluga whale since April 2019. It's kind of like the horses at the Kentucky Derby. They don't know they're fucking racing around a track and the whale doesn't know he's working for Russia. Right? Well, some of these cats are saying he could be lonely. Oh could, yeah, he's lonely. There's could no be whales hormones there. driving him to find a mate or it could be loneliness. Yeah, the the closest whale pod, beluga pod, is up by the North Pole. It's between the northern coast of Sweden and the North Pole. So you're saying they just they got this cat. It's off of an archipelago. Stuck a bunch of shit on him. And then they're putting them in places where there can be no other balloons. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of impressive. Yeah. We will be back Tuesday. No idea what we're going to do, but a nice little break to make. Any guests you want to have on soon? You know who I want to talk to is that uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. You know, we had Stan. Jeff's got a lot of crazy thoughts about the new NBA, mm-hmm. including eliminating halftime. <laughs> Which is out there. No, dude, you can't do that. You can't eliminate halftime. We would have no Chuck, no Shaq, no Kenny. How good is that entire operation? No Ernie. They're awesome. They're the reason I'm okay with like the half being so yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So yeah, don't do away with halftime. Yeah. We, we need to have Jeff Van Gunny on to chastise him. We just had brother Stan on. I feel like we say to Jeff, we say, hey, Jeff, we just had Stan on. Want to come on the show? NBA Finals are over. Nuggets one and five. Like to get your thoughts. I'd like to get Barkley on soon. Love to get Barkley. Recurring guest. A Barkley. lot of Eagles fans ask me why didn't you get Dom? Dom had a meeting. He's a busy guy. He wanted to come on, but he had a meeting. He did promise me the very first interview. So we'll get that at some point in the future. Do you want to have anyone from the uh, latest championship winning team? Um, Ceramico Tile. Ceramico Tile. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Did they ever call anybody? They, Kingston, did I, you spoke, call? I spoke to the head coach last night. He said he was going to leave us a uh, voicemail. Congratulations okay. to them. By the way, I think we've Americanized Nikola. Mm-hmm. I think it's Nikola. I think it's mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on that as the finals go on. Keep an eye. Nikola. Have a great weekend. Thank you.